Everybody, welcome to another installment of Show to Be with Mike G, the show of life, the show of Chicago, the show of acting, the show of whiskey, lots of whiskey, as today's guest, Martin Duffy, an industry veteran and former senior master of whiskey with Diageo and now currently co-producer of the Chicago Independent Spirits Expo and traveling the world, the United States, talking about the fine Glencairn glass the glass that we love to sip our finest whiskeys out of it's brilliant getting to know martin he's had such a reputation there's lots of youtube interviews with him so i had some kind of research i could look at before going into the conversation but what resulted is just a great time sitting down talking movies talking family and talking whiskey with one of the greats in the industry and there is one really interesting theme here and i don't Take it as bitterness, and I hope you guys don't either, but Martin is older. He's 51, 53, something like that, and we both discussed this concept that this is a young man's game, that it is no longer a country for old men. So that's something worth thinking about, and it's great to hear Martin talk about it. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this chat with Martin Duffy. had a lot of friends in the scotch industry, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Glen Cairns located in Glasgow. Yeah. You know, Ray uh, basically knew all the guys over there. Right. So he was able to bring, um, he was able to bring five different master blenders together. Wow. Uh, from five different companies. Uh, Richard Patterson being the, the big one. Yeah. Um, um, and I'm I'm sorry I'm blanking on, but no, I mean to get Balvini five from, get five guys. That's like the the United Nations. Yeah, get them in a room together. Yeah, differing opinions, right. different process. And and, it, and that I think that was the best thing because you, you don't want a bunch of people who agree. Right, you no, want a bunch not. of people who have no no. I think it should be a slightly higher. Right, right. And the opening should be a little narrower. And that's basically what they did. Till finally they all. Uh, came to an agreement. This is how it should be. Wow! So even the, like the chimney, the yeah. length of the chimney, the width of the the bowl, right? Um, uh, the whole idea that you had this nice flat bottom, yeah, uh, as opposed to a cupita which has the stem, huh? Um, which could tip over. This is a little hard to tip over. Yeah, very very sturdy. Um, and so, uh, bam, the glass was born, That's and. Amazing. So you know, this is still crystal. A lot of people think it's just glass. It is crystal. Really? It's non-leaded crystal. Okay. So over over time, it won't leach ever into right. to the bed. But, you know, that whole lead thing, as far as, you know, nowadays, um, lead, lead crystal is treated on the inside anyways. Yeah, so just not on it, yeah. The chances of the amount of lead you would get from uh, even put, leaving your whiskey in a leaded um, 
decanter. Right. Uh, you probably pick up more lead in your drinking water. Got it. Than so you would. Yeah, because for a long a time day. I heard that was in a day. Really? Shit, I drank so much water today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All lead. I better hit the wild turkey decanters mm-hmm. from the 80s then because <laughs> that's the only way I'll make it up. But so this glass is born. You come to, uh, would, would, could we call Texas your territory? Is it the states your whole territory? The United States, yeah. Wow. So I'm the sole U.S. brand representative wow. for Glencairn. I met uh, Ray and Scotty Davidson. He's the middle son. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Aileen uh, Scott's, well, I don't, I'm not sure if they were married at that time. I think they were dating. Uh, but this was like, I don't know, at Whiskey Fest Chicago, maybe even before that. Wow. I met him a long time ago. It it's be been about, something kind of fostering a oh, relationship. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, we were always friends. Um, it's been about, I don't know, 13, 15 years that we've known each other. And I was going over to Scotland, and I'd always go and visit them. And, right. you know, Scotty would always put me up in his house. Ray put me up in his house. And it was, oh, hey, great. Having a good time. So good mates. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I was always working for some company. After Diageo, I worked for Bacardi. Oh, okay. For about a year and a half, 13 months or so. Um, um, so when time came around, Andy, this is about two years ago now, Andy was getting married. And so the whole idea of him traveling the globe constantly. Not so appealing. He had right. to settle down. Yeah. Um, plus, one guy traveling. That's that's nuts. It's not Keith um, Richards or anything. Yeah, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, so... Uh, uh, they asked me if I'd, you know, come on on a kind of a retainer basis. Right. Um, I'm not a full fledged employee. Um, I, I kind of, you know, we have a different arrangement, but um, I get uh, uh, my job is to go out, um, handle, ask, you know, answer the questions for all the, the the big guys are ordering glasses, but also to um, kind of introduce the little guys to the glass. It's really amazing how many folks now. You go to ADI Mm -hmm. or the ACSA conventions, and, you know, uh, they pick up one of our glasses because a lot of times we'll donate glasses to some of the tasting events, and they'll go, Hey, what's this? Where'd this come really? from? Really? Oh, my God. Dude, it's this a- is like, I mean, this is a prototypical, this is like the class A luxury glass. You well, know what I mean? But see, now this is where, this is where I think it's kind of fascinating um, about the the indie spirit world. Yeah. You know, all these micro distilleries. And now I don't say craft. I sure. To, Craft's just, it's marketing. Craft. Yeah, really. yeah. And I, it's just too goofy. Uh, <laughs> I think indie. Indy's You're good. I like that. You're independent. Like that. Yeah. I um, I'm not on Interscope. Yeah. I'm on Matador. Also, yeah. it covers bottlers, too. That's true. Yeah. yeah, yeah. My, my partner in the Independent Spirit Expo is Dave Schmier. He's done Redemption. Yeah. He was independent. It yeah, was for him, sure. and, him and a partner, but that was it. It was their little baby. Yeah. Um. So... Uh, do they get? Do those guys get... So you're saying they don't get the glass or it's like new to them or it's... Well, the the... the I mean, it's both interesting, but also could be detrimental in the long run, is that uh, you talk to these guys, and so many of them are coming from totally unrelated fields. Right. Uh, In Illinois, you have 
uh, a former pro golfer. That's so strange um, to me. Uh, the Blum Brothers, yeah, Mike and uh, Matt up in Galena, they have. Uh, uh, Matt used to sell. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's nuclear. Uh, um, I don't know the bomb parts. <laughs> something, some kind of something parts. that he'd had to like kind of hide from the wife, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah, but Mike, Mike was uh, worked for the NSA. That's so strange. You know, and then you have uh, perfect market research, though, if you it, think about it. Yeah, oh, God, <laughs> he knows everything. I know all of what Texas it's, drinks. I've just been very, listening for very targeted. Everybody who's in AA, okay, that's right. We're sending like, you a little, I got, I've got a list of guys it's in this a zip band. That's all we're sending you, and just in case we're seeing <laughs> yeah. if you slide big. Um, you know, there's lawyers, there's uh, lots of husband what yeah. uh, uh two airline pilots See, that's two so, brothers it's crazy to me but that's just it so it's not you, know, you would think um now i mean you have uh yeah. your own gin sure right yeah uh now did you come up through um bartending though were you a bartender no father is part of he, father my dad owned restaurants and was always part of the hospitality oh okay so, so you, the food you, you and, had you had that background sure you knew sure. you knew that even if i didn't know it it was there. Yeah. It's like alcoholism just lurking yeah, in the genes well, somewhere. Well, back there. <laughs> you know, it's like anything. If you ever saw the movie Limitless, where oh, he yeah. takes the drug and, and almost it. everything very, you know, just fleeting that ever happened in his life, yeah. all of a sudden became crystal clear and See, remembered that, it. That's right? brilliant. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, when you get to be an adult and you're saying, well, I think maybe I should be an entrepreneur, then it all clicks on all, all of a sudden. All that information, all that cumulative knowledge, <laughs> all like, of a sudden. Wait a minute. Oh, look, at I'm sort through all this cumulative knowledge. <laughs> I know what marketing oh, is. This is nice parts. I'll take that. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, But it's still foreign to these guys. Oh, yeah. That's yeah. so strange. I mean, that's just one of them. Yeah. You know, the other thing is, uh, you know, dealing with distributors. Yeah. Um, there's a... a my niece was working for, up until recently, working for a, a distillery up in Wisconsin. Uh-huh. And and I, this is very common. Uh, I shouldn't just narrow the, uh, sure. pinpoint these guys. It's very, very common among all these these new brands. And you, you I don't know if you went through this yourself, mm-hmm. but, you know, they think uh, once they get a distributor, right. it's easy street. I oh, got all yeah. my product. <laughs> now it'll sell itself yeah. on the shelf with twenty well, other SKUs. Exactly. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, the or the distributor's selling it. Right. right? Exactly. No, the distributor's taking orders. That's right. You're supposed to sell it, and then they get all mad uh, when they think, well, "What do you mean? I got to, I got to spend money. I got to buy. You know, I've got to pay a brand ambassador or something." Right. I go, well, you need somebody looking out after your stuff. If if you if all you think all all you have is a distributor and you think that distributor yeah. is looking out after your stuff imagine babysitter with you know 100 to 200 kids right right and it's just it's a damn brady bunch over there yeah. yeah without alice that's right it's oh just, jesus there is no alice you're right, right. it's just, just a dog yeah it's just, a <laughs> it's dog. Just, just maybe or it's bobby <laughs> yeah. bobby looking after uh a hundred olivers <laughs> yeah. for those of you who remember the last season of <laughs> the brady bunch Long time um, ago, but it, do you find that it's a challenge then talking about the glassware, or people or say this is neat, this is luxury? I they like love this. it, but at the same time, it's funny. You know, there's some who uh, 
again, they don't get the one. They don't get there is a cost. The glass right. itself is not expensive, right? Um, if you bought buy two hundred and eighty eight of them uh, in your distillery, your price is like two eighty five a glass. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, and you should be turning around. You could sell that for easily ten bucks at sure. your distillery, or a lot, what I was just at uh, Adam Spiegel's place in uh, Sonoma. Mm-hmm. You know, he does same thing that Drew does at uh, at Willet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you do a tour. Yeah, the glasses glass included. Is included, absolutely. Right? Right. And you just adjust the price of the tour. Well, and for whiskey, it's just a, ma- a match made in heaven. That right, you know. And I mean, you know, as soon as it's branded. That's a marketing piece. Absolutely. You know, they're saying, oh, I don't know. If we're doing tastings in the tasting room that walks, yeah, if yeah. it walks, it has your name on it, Absolutely. doesn't it? It's got its own voice the whole time. So all you need to do is just, you know, don't, first, I don't think you should be giving up free samples. Sure. You should be charging, right? Yeah. Most most uh, visitor centers at these distillers usually charge about 10 bucks. Yeah. I'll charge a little more if you feel you know you have to, but well, it's a great glass too. That's definitely adds to the margin. If it's two eighty five a glass, charge five bucks for the glass. It's still great. If they if they have one, they might want to buy a second. Sure. They, nobody wants to drink alone. No, right? Unless they're writing the Great American Novel on Key West. Right. Exactly. <laughs> unless you're unless you're F. Scott Fitzgerald, <laughs> and you're looking for an early grave. That's, That's right. That's the only thing. But there's there's guys that, you know in Wisconsin. I imagine as we were talking earlier, probably a lot of people looking for an early grave in Wisconsin. Yeah, well, well, they, <laughs> I don't think they're looking. I think they're oblivious to the fact that it brings an early grave. To get too many. <laughs> That's brandy, even better. Brandy old fashions. That's even better. It's even yeah. better. Well, so the thing is, you know, I love it because I can. The internet's afforded me such research, right? I can go and look and say, what does Martin's LinkedIn say? What kinds of jobs have you had? And we talked about, obviously, with the crystal and the glasses, this lovely glass. But also, you're a Chicago guy. I even heard someone deem you the whiskey king of Chicago. I was hoping you might be the sausage king of Chicago. I had, I, oh, I'm, I have that t-shirt. Do you really? Yeah. Like, what's the guy's name? I get like Ed Quest, Ed something. Yeah, the Sausage King of Chicago. I don't Do you know, not know who them. this guy is? is that Ed Farber. Ed Farber. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. You, this is smart. That's Duffy, funny. The, the I just in my drawer too. I was just picking up. So I'm on the road for a while. Uh, so I was picking out all these different T-shirts I, I should uh, be wearing. And that's a good one to keep in circulation. But yeah. I figured I don't know if. Uh, sometimes it's good that people know you're from Chicago, and sometimes it's not. Really? So, well, yeah, in Texas, it's good. Is we it? love Chicago. Here, yeah. Did you see oh, yeah. this one? Uh-uh. Here, what do you got? This is my... He's unbuttoning his shirt is, here. Dun, 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 dun. Well, I do have a shirt underneath. No, it, true. So, <laughs> uh, so let's see uh, the evolution oh, yeah. of the drinking glass. That's brilliant. And it ends with Glen Karen. That's incredible. So, Don so, Draper drinking out of a Glen Karen, it exactly. looks like. Yeah. There you go. It's perfect. So were you raised in Chicago? Greater <laughs> Chicago area? Yeah. Born and, born and raised. Uh uh, Irish Catholic family, Lodge, Irish Catholic courses. There any other kind? I don't uh, know. I'm still waiting to see. There was, <laughs> <laughs> uh, there was, uh, yeah, I was number f- five of five brothers with five sisters. Wow. So we were kind of like so the Brady that's Bunch why you watched the Brady on steroids. So yeah. yeah. We made the Brady Bunch. And we go, oh, Brady Bunch is so many kids. They only have six. We'll kick the Brady Bunch's ass. There was another Duffy family in the next parish. Mm. There have parishes in Chicago. Okay, yeah. Um, they had uh, they had eighteen kids. Holy crap! Same mother. That's insane. Same two parents, yeah. 
So you're the. Where do you fit? Are you like right in the middle or the oldest? Uh, I'm the. I'm the youngest boy and the. I'm the ninth. I'm the ninth of the ten. That's the younger incredible. sister. So, and, and I swear to God, I won't make any assumptions. Is whiskey a part of growing up in an Irish family, a large it, Irish? You know, it is, but it's not as big of a fact. I mean, it, it's funny you mentioned that. I mean, I look back, and it was never. It's it's not like people talked about it, right? You no, know, ever. But when uh, we had the relatives over, uh, the party was in the basement, and sure. we didn't have a fancy basement; it was an unfinished basement. So pops would throw uh, some towels over the washer and dryer, and uh-huh. that was the bar. Okay. And so you had uh, scotch, and you had some Irish whiskey and some vermouth, sweet usually uh, sweet vermouth. Um, a lot of Manhattans. Uh, a lot of Rob Roy's mm-hmm. and um, just a lot of whiskey on the rocks. Yeah. And uh, and when I was two other, I, I had whiskey young and not really knew it. Yeah. Um, because at Christmas time, we didn't have brandy eggnog. We had whiskey. Whiskey eggnog. eggnog. Okay. Yeah. And usually Irish whiskey. Usually, what I think is it was the Jameson. Jameson? Okay, okay. Um, and that, and then there was, I think it was an ec- yeah, economic thing. Yeah, you know, you have ten kids, you're not going to go out and oh, <laughs> let's go do a a pappy. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, hey, as was, long as it gets the job done, exactly. You know, you're you just want that whiskey in there. Yeah, you know, uh, pops was very practical that way. That's so, good. Um, I remember. I think the scotch was always Cuddy Sark. Okay. Seeing Cuddy Sark there all the time, or J and B makes some sense. But uh, and then the other, and I'm always amazed when I tell people this. But only, I guess it was something. You folks out there in podcast world, uh, uh, please let us know if this was happened in your neck of the woods. But on the south side of Chicago, um, my mom, when I was sick, when any of us kids were sick, right, she would make a, a pitcher. Big old picture, okay. About uh, of uh, hot toddies. Really, and I've heard of this. Hot, yeah, this being hot water, uh, lemon, honey, and lots of whiskey. Yeah, and that wasn't for oh a bunch of kids getting sick. That was for you. Really, I had to polish that off, and you you know you felt it. And you got you. <laughs> it felt great though. Of course, I, mean, I feel better. You know, it really <laughs> did, and it was funny. I think. How come I could have all those? And next morning, I actually felt better. Right. And nowadays, if I drank, <laughs> if I drink a pitcher of hot toddies, well, they'd wake up feeling, oh, this is great. It's bizarre. Like, you have to be sick to not get sick. Yeah. Maybe it's two negatives. Like, I, I guess. Make it a positive? I, guess. I don't know. I guess maybe you have the little, uh, whatever little virus that's kicking your ass at yeah. the time. All of a sudden, it meets its match and the two <laughs> kill each other. And they try to fight, but yeah. the one's too drunk. He's like, I'm, I'm just going home. <laughs> I can't. I don't want to do this anymore. Oh my god! I'm going into somebody who's sober. <laughs> this is the worst. So uh, it's something. It's a. It's a. It's a thread of of childhood, not in a bad way, but a, oh no. in a good way, in a therapeutic way. It's yeah, like, no. And I've always associated, you know, that. Uh, I mean, I, when I was bartending, I bartended for about twelve years uh, in, in Chicago. As yeah, well. yeah. Again, I, so you know, I spent almost my entire life, um, with the exception of. Two months I lived in uh, L.A. Oh, really? For a, but I was really kind of on the job. It was a, a 
a Chivas promotion I was doing oh, okay. years and okay. years ago. Uh, and then that same promotion took me to Dallas. I stayed in Dallas for okay. two years. I were two months, two yeah. months. And then uh, I did work for Diageo in Dublin for two years. Really? So, yeah. so you got two months in LA, two months in Dallas, some nice time in Dublin, yeah. and then the rest of it in Chicago. All Chicago. When yeah. you're doing the high school thing, are you, I, I'm trying to think, were, were you kind of, did you have an affinity towards English? Were you a math guy? Were you a science guy? Or none of the above, starting fights? With? In high school? <laughs> yeah. No. Well, because it's like, where does it, where does this take you? How do you get into hospitality? Well, I tell you what, uh, you know, it's interesting. And I, I think this is, this is kind of true, at least it was for a lot of, uh, a lot of the people that I ended up working with as brand ambassadors yeah. uh, in uh, at Diageo. Um, I spent uh, my high school years. Yeah, I, I, I like I, I, the only classes I remember really liking were history. I was really good yeah. at history, um, but uh, I went to school f- with the whole idea of getting into acting. So I wanted really? to be, I wanted to be an actor. So I went to uh, a couple of different colleges. Uh, eventually, got a degree at Columbia College, yeah. downtown Chicago, which at the time was really just a commuter college and wasn't very expensive. And I felt like a sap afterwards because uh, most of the people I took classes with who ended up some went on to nice, big, uh, successful careers really? in Hollywood. Um, yeah, most of them just audited classes. Yeah. I didn't even know you could audit a class. Wait, Here I am paying for them. <laughs> oh, oh, Damn me. it. Why didn't my dad tell me? Yeah. Financially and, sound father, you know. And at the same time, I was taking uh, Second City courses. I That's was, I was going to ask you, I imagine. Cause you, yeah. So this was this is why I ask. I can tell because you do the voices and you do them well. And you, uh, you're in it, right? Like you, you, it's the inflection you're taking taking us back well, to the personality well, you know, you know I, well you know what the thing with improv always taught me was that uh, you could uh, uh it, it's all about telling a story right That's right yeah right so you know when you tell a story it's good to, especially if you're the only one telling it now yeah. well you got to differentiate your characters That's right? right give them a little and you add something to uh-huh. it so the voices you know dialects help plus i just think i've always thought oh here well here i'll get to this um there's a there's another reason so <laughs> i go um i got into theater um oh was, here, here's my one of my b- big brushes with greatness uh, before he was famous was uh uh steve carell and i no, okay. performed together for many That's years right, yeah. yeah so that was before he got into it's before tina Fey even yeah. came along wow uh, and my friend scott adsett who did the voice for yeah. Yeah, you know, I know Scott. Yeah, yeah, I don't so, know him in person, but I know. Yeah, so Scott and I end up meeting at uh, Columbia and Andy Dick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, Dino Stamatopoulos. I don't know if you. No, I've you never ever heard of uh, Moral Oral or. Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. On uh, um, yeah, Adult Swim. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he created that. No shit. Yeah. So these are all the, these. Your contemporaries. These My contemporaries, <laughs> if you will. Yes. Well, so I, I have to ask you. I love film. I love actors. Who. Was there somebody that you grew up watching, maybe idolizing, like, man, this is somebody that I would love to aspire to be as an actor? Well, there's a bunch. There's a bunch. Uh, 
but at different times. Sure. I mean, there's, I always liked, I always liked guys, you know, who's a great performance, totally overlooked. I bet most people nowadays haven't, haven't even heard of the film, but right. they, if they should go revisit it, John Hurd. Oh, John, John Hurd. Hurt. No, John Hurd from John Big, Hurt. from Home Alone. Yes. He's a great character actor. Yeah. Go back by 1979, 1980. Uh-huh. It's called Cutter and Bone with Jeff Bridges. I haven't seen that. You got to see it. I love John Hurd, though. You l- watch that movie and you go, wait a minute. That was the father in Home Alone? Oh, man. Fantastic. Really great performance. There, there's another early one I'm trying to think of with John Hurt as well, and it's like a Ken did, Russell movie or something. But he had some like he pops up. I'll watch these movies from the early '80s. I'm like that's John Hurt, and he's well, just skinny and he looks yeah. like a great actor. Well, he's a, he was. Um, it was right around that time. Cat People. Yeah. Oh know, yeah. There you Natasha go. Kinski. Natasha Kinski. Yeah. Oh, that's Natasha a, Kinski. Well, Klaus Kinski. Don't even get me started. Yeah. Don't. <laughs> I just you just blew. You just harsh my Natasha <laughs> Kinski mellow. <laughs> She like, does oh look like him, Martin. Oh, she no, looks like... she doesn't. In the oh. eyes, she looks. <laughs> oh, she has the dark thing around the eyes. Right now. Don't be doing that to my Natasha. All right, I'm sorry. There's bourbon to make up for yeah. it, but but so this actor. Other guys like Gene Hackman. Oh, Gene is another Hack, one. French I always loved Gene Hackman. Uh, I always loved. You know, this is my thing. I've always loved any any thing or anyone that you know. If everyone's touting something, right? I kind of lose interest. Not that it's bad, yeah, but it's kind of like, well, you know what? Everyone's already touting that. I want to tout this. I want to be that little voice in the wilderness touting this little thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to say I'm, you know, that little hero of the. I'm not even a hero, uh, but uh, you know that supporter of the little guy. I just I knew it. But yeah. there's something about that, you know. Sure. I always thought that it was for, especially with actors. Yeah. Um. But, you know, so go, going back to, uh, oh, so with the acting, the acting led to bartending. So I started bartending because as an actor, you know, man, you make no money. Right. So I started bartending, and then I started making a lot of money bartending. And eventually, I started feeling like a sap, you know, uh, giving up my bartending gigs to go perform in a show that I wasn't getting paid anything yeah, it doesn't make sense, really, does it? No, and you were spending money on headshots, and yeah, people, were, you know, agents were sending you on, uh, you know, a hundred miles for some audition, right? For some shitty little uh, industrial film, you go, oh my god, you know, that I might <laughs> yeah. not get, right? So right. Uh, I just so have to lose what? a hand again for an OSHA video. Yeah, really? yeah. So you just kind of feel like you're spinning your wheels. So I started getting more and more into the bartending. And at the time, this is the early 90s now, uh, there was no internet. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there were whiskey books, spirit books out there, but you go, but how do you find out? Yeah, exactly. There's no, I mean, you can go into bookstores. I don't even know if there was Barnes & Noble at that point. But um, so you go into the little uh, mom and pop used bookstores and you try to find some stuff, but even then, you didn't know what was what was good and what wasn't. Right. Um, and there were no brand ambassadors. There was no doing any training uh, until a fellow by the name of Evan Katnack and another gent he worked with uh, who would come over for Glen Morangier. Uh, oh, oh, what was his name? Anthony Burnett. 
Anthony Burnett. Yeah. A really nice guy. Uh, very distinguished. Always, yeah, very proper. Sounded very British. <laughs> uh, but Evan was an old Highlander. Yeah. Uh, he told us like this, and he always was kilt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, so did Anthony, but it didn't seem right with the English accent. Right. Um, he just did it because he liked it. Yeah, <laughs> and he was working for a, a scotch. Um, so they started... Um, there was an ad in the paper for, um, they were looking for young guys to run around, young people actually, there's girls too, Yeah, uh, run around as the kilted clan. Okay. And uh, uh, you'd run into bars and buy people drinks and tell them really quickly uh, about Johnny Walker Red. Right. And you say, hey, you want that with lemonade? Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. It's a blend of a uh, bunch of uh, whiskey. I think you'll like it. Go ahead, Johnny. Right. It's free. Yeah, there you go. And you run out. Um <laughs> So low, you know, slowly but surely, they started uh, training me more and more, and I really liked this. Was it Diageo proper at that point? No, no that was before Diageo was even formed. Wow, this was that's how far back I go. I feel like <laughs> your Sean, clan, Sean Connery and the Highlander. Um, <laughs> I feel like Christopher Lambert right now. If it's any <laughs> consolation. Well, at least you get to keep your head. That's um, right. That's right. The uh, uh, no, it was UDV. United uh, Distillers Vintner. Wow. And Guinness had bought them up at that point. Um, and so it was weird because I was, uh, when I started working for them, um, I was doing doers. I was doing Johnny Walker and doers. They mm-hmm. had doers at the time. Um, a number of different crazy little single malts. Um, Did you even like scotch at that point? Or whiskey in general? You know, it's funny. Oh, no, I, I did, but in, mainly in cocktails. Yeah. I had been drinking whiskey sours since high school. Sure. Um, but, you know, it didn't Not matter. Not thinking what, about it, right? Yeah, yeah, you didn't care what whiskey it was in. You didn't know yeah. what the whiskey was. I remember when I first started bartending, uh, this this couple I knew who worked at another bar, or worked at a restaurant, came in once and quizzed me and you know, got me on the old, uh, his... Uh, Southern Comfort uh, whiskey in it. I always thought so because sure. the bottle looked kind of like Jack Daniels. It's kind of right. It's kind of beveled, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's a liqueur. And I go, oh, oh. It's a, what's a liqueur? I had no idea. You know, then, like I said, there was no training. Um, uh, the, uh, but we, we uh, so they were, they would train me more and more on scotch. And, oh, and also I was bartending still at okay. the same time. And I will tell you, the time I got turned on to scotch, uh, I was working at a Mediterranean taverna in Chicago, mm-hmm. in the River North neighborhood. And one of the owners had a, he had a bad habit of sitting at the bar and helping himself to the scotch. Sure. And he didn't want to drink alone. So I got cut early. I was about to leave. He said, hey, no, don't leave. Come on over here. Have a drink with me. Because to your point, nobody likes to drink alone. Exactly. <laughs> so... You had no problem with it up until that point. <laughs> and waited for me. So uh, there was a Springbank 21-year-old. Oh. And the two of us polished it off. Wow. I thought it was delicious. It was so good. But yeah, that was also at a time we would get out of, you know, we, our, since it was a restaurant, uh, the bar would close at 11. Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a 4 a.m. bar right down the street, kind of industry bar. 
uh, I used to go order 10-ounce Booker's Manhattans. Wow. That I just thought, I thought that was the bomb. And I'd, so I'd have these, and I'd have two or three of them. We're talking the 90s, right? Yeah. Because Booker's wasn't a thing. Then. Oh, yeah. no, no. The, the, the whole, uh, um, what does Beam call them? Uh, oh, like they're... They had the, the special name for them. Oh, I don't know. Single barrels or whatever? Is that what? Is it single barrel? Yeah. No, no, oh, small no. batch? Small batch. Yeah. Small yeah, batch. yeah. Um, so it was the small batch collection, right? Right. And it was, I think that was, I don't want to say, it seemed like it was really big about 92 or so. Wow. And I was working, this about 95, 96. Um, and I didn't realize I was what I was doing. I mean, that 10 ounce. Manhattan. I'm impressed. I'm just uh, in awe of it right now. Yeah, there was many a night. You are yeah. an actor. Yes. <laughs> um, oh, so wait, so uh, I'm, the, all of this is leading up to why I do voices. Right. So when they started, uh, you know, Evan was an older man. Uh, I don't know if they thought he eventually you know, phased out. I think he was already in his 60s yeah. at that point. Uh, but they also, he just couldn't be everywhere. Right. So they started hiring some of us. Uh, uh, we were called Scotch ambassadors okay. at the time. And we were just all freelance working part-time in different markets. Yeah. Steve Beal, you know, ever hear of uh, Steve? No, Over in San Francisco. He's a little, he is the, the whiskey king in San, San Francisco. Francisco. Oh. He really is. He's very highly regarded out there. Um, a girl, uh, Marcy Rudershausen was down in Miami, and she was in theater. Spike McClure up in New York, he was theater. Simon Brooking uh, was one of us, and he was in acting. Um, And so we, we, uh, they bought us all these really nice kilts. Well, actually, at first, when we're Scotch ambassadors, they're basically uh, tablecloth, plaid, uh, (laughs) terry cloth towels. It was really really embarrassing. (laughs) Those do not hold against an updraft, do they? No, no. no. They were it was a little it felt <laughs> weird. I mean, first off, it was the first time I've ever put on anything that looked like a dress. Yeah. And uh you know, you're walking around and it's really thin material. Sure. It's gonna and, be cold. Yeah, and you go into bars and people are always trying to flip it up and it's like, hey, get away from me. Is yeah. this, this is what women go through? <laughs> oh my god. That's um, method acting right there. Yeah. It? Um so, uh, so when they got us the, the fancy ones, and we had to go up in front of huge crowds, mm. uh, you know, 150, 200 people at a time for these big seminars. Uh, and they were used to seeing Evan, this, you know, right. old Highlander who wore it well. You know, he, oh, he, he owned it. He didn't really, yeah, he didn't want to wear pants. He loved that kilt. Yeah. So I thought, I can't go up there. And talk like this, which you know, Southwest side Chicago accents, and hey, <laughs> yeah. you're gonna love this sketch. This is something special. <laughs> so actually, what I would do is I'd uh, for about the first two, two or three minutes, I say, "Hello, how are you? Uh, my name is Martin Duffy. I am here representing I'm a, a whiskey ambassador for Johnny Walker and the Classic Malts. I love to talk to you about Scotch and uh, any questions you might have. Blah blah blah." Oh, and oh, and excuse me if the if uh, the accent is getting in the way. Don't let it bother you. It's bogus. I'm actually from the southwest side of Chicago. <laughs> so that's 
<laughs> that's you how watch it, the audience and you read them and they're like, oh shit, I just flipped them. And then usually they they you know they got a nice laugh yeah. out of it, it, broke the ice, and then they didn't care. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, except one time I did in Boston. Oh no! But there was a whole. This is mostly for the distributor folks and some of their accounts. And there was a pre-party, and I don't usually like going to the pre-party because I don't want to put on the accent right. during that. Uh, I, I'd rather just do it once I'm doing the presentation. Yeah. But at the same time, you lose it if I'm walking around. Everyone's coming up to me, and so I. I did the accent, and I had this girl. She was really entranced. You know, women are with accents. She really liked this accent. And when I went up and did the whole, well, that's bogus. I'm actually from the Southwest side. Oh Chicago. no! I just saw her. She just oh, devastated. Shot darts at me and was nowhere to be found afterwards. Oh my god! I mean, I really thought I had a little. Because you could have kept it going. Yeah. You know. I mean, it. I, I couldn't tell. No. Uh, I had a guy from. Uh, scotland once tell me one you, you shouldn't have dropped it, it was great yes and i you had me fooled had me <laughs> fooled. Yeah. so that's a that's an amazing reason to get the girls martin now ultimately that's what it's <laughs> to entrance the women and uh you know assuage the distributor crowd it makes yes. some sense it makes yeah. some sense but it seems like this this whiskey narrative this passion for whiskey is building and building more exposure you have to in fact embrace a scottish scottish accent to do this as well and ultimately you're ready for something bigger is that when you step into this i they called you the master of whiskey is that right yeah so they they made it a full-time position and it was the first uh it, it's funny it i had to do some some looking back um it was really, the Masters of Whiskey were really the first brand ambassadors, American brand ambassadors. Yeah. Obviously, there was a group uh, with uh, uh, Johnny Walker mm. and some of the classic malts um, coming over from Scotland. They're mainly, uh, like Evan, former master distillers, right? But uh, we were the first group of Americans now, Simon, if I remember correctly, before we went full-time, Simon went off and got hired by the Dalmore. Okay. So he was it, was, it was all at basically at the same time. But there was really nobody else out there. And it, being a, they, uh, the first title was Master of Scotch. Yeah, so okay. So that's what you're called. What year are we talking, by the way? This would have been 2003, I'm okay, guessing. Okay, okay. Um, he... But we would uh, uh, we we would go out, and people thought, and a lot of times you know, we were kind of required to wear the kilt, mm -hmm. which just seemed odd on a day to day <laughs> basis. Um, eventually, they they did away with that. They call you in the middle. Mark, are you wearing the kilt? <laughs> well, they 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 call you up. It's funny. I had twelve states. Uh -huh. It was my territory. So the United States was cut into. Uh, into markets for the seven masters of whiskey masters of scotch mm -hmm. um and so you know they call me up and they request the kilt oh my god and i was like really i gotta go to west virginia and wear a kilt <laughs> do they do, do they know what a kilt is out there because i don't i'm not planning on dying yeah, today guys i don't, like, don't want to get beat up <laughs> um uh but 
Yeah, so the Masters of Scotch eventually evolved once they decided to bring all the other whiskeys into the uh, into the portfolio. Mm. So you had you had Bullet. Um, Dickel was very small. It was a small little. Uh, in fact, there was almost no focus on yeah. Dickel, but it was kind of considered in there. Um, and even Bullet at the time uh, was small. Hobbies, but, hobby brands. What I mean, could you call them like hobby brands for Diageo? They're not really the money makers yet, but they're we won't let them totally. Well, we'll reject I don't them. know. You know, it's funny. I mean, with Dickel, it, it seemed. To me, it always seemed like Dickel was poorly managed. Yeah, um, from the get go, and that started actually with UDV in the nineties. Um, I don't know if you recall; they had a big shortage for a while. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. because they shut down. Um, but it was off. It was off so many, uh, even the local markets. Uh, I went out when I came back. Even when I came back from Ireland, mm-hmm. I came back from Ireland in two thousand ten. Uh, Resumed my old job as senior master of whiskey, and I was downstate Illinois, where um, Dickel was big. It was really big. Oh, and Bullet too. Yeah, and both uh, weren't on the shelves. I'm going. What? Why isn't on the shelves? Oh, uh, I don't know. Uh, turns out nobody was ordering it. Nobody at the distributor. Right, right, right. The, the the accounts were asking for it. But then the distributor, the distributor wasn't coming through. And then Diageo, the local market, wasn't ordering it. Either. Really? And something happened too with Bullet while I was away. Um, that I ran into Tom, and Tom said, "Yeah." Uh, oh, I think I was asking Tom to come up for some event, and he said, eh, "Chicago's kind of fallen off the, uh, you know, our key account uh, wow. market." So I go, "What?" Chicago? Yeah, really. What what the who 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 dropped the ball, yeah. Yeah. So that was really that was really bizarre. Um but uh you know there was I guess there was another I guess maybe the demand for Dickel elsewhere was quite big. Yeah. Um and so the local market was saying, Yeah, we can't get uh, you know the number uh, number eight and number twelve. And I go, Well, you know what? There's a Cascade Hollow in the southeast. That I know still exists, and that was there to make up for the, the shortage in others. Yeah, bring it up, baby. Bring it up. Amazing. Fill it in. What yeah. are you think guys thinking? Do something, right? Yeah, like, do exactly. Your goddamn job. Yeah. You just want to take everyone, shake them, say, "What are you, you just standing around going? Oh, I guess there's." Well, some, we're just gonna just let gonna, it mm, suck. Here, I'll order, here, have some Smirnoff. <laughs> so how? Place. So how long? Was the complete this this amazing illustrious career as a master or senior master of whiskey? Well, I did the I did this uh, the the Scotch ambassador job for seven years part time. Wow. Then I was 2003 to 2008. I was uh, a master of whiskey. Then I got a call from Dublin, mm-hmm. asked me to go over to. Uh, Work for Diageo over there, yeah. For two years, uh, as their basically their reserve brand. Their reserve brand was not as it wasn't as extensive as it was here, right? Um, but I did that for two years, and then and which was great because I got to work really closely with Bushmills, which oh, Diageo owned at this time, and I was going up to the distillery, yeah. bringing bringing down empty barrels. If you go to Dublin, uh-huh. 
and you go to the Brazen Head, which is one of Ireland's oldest uh, 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 pubs. Okay. It's been around since 1198. Holy shit. You will see two barrels out front of uh-huh. the pub. Uh, I don't know if they still say Bushmills. Uh, they might be a little too weathered by now, but I brought those. Really? Those to are, the oldest pub yeah, in Dublin? That's a not much of a legacy, legacy, but that's uh, my legacy. Yeah. Did you start a family over with the nice Catholics in Ireland when you were over there? Yeah, you know, I was going to go over there. Everybody had uh, bets. I'd bring uh, bring home a nice Irish girl. <laughs> yeah. But uh, and again, now I'm, I'm going to quote one of the guys I worked with. <laughs> yeah. I was sitting around at lunch with these guys. Uh, they had a great cafeteria at uh, Guinness. Um, the uh, the guys were all talking about, you know, there was a big influx of Polish and uh, Czechs mm-hmm. in in Ireland. And they said, oh, those Polish girls, that pretty. Oh, they're... Those are some good-looking girls, Marty. They're good-looking girls. Yeah, they're nice. I go, hey, guys, what's the matter with your own homegrown lasses? What's the matter yeah, with them? Yeah. I go, Marty, we're not an attractive race. <laughs> That's not entirely true either. Well, you know, I think, you think, I think, I think, I think <laughs> the Irish uh, get a little better uh, when they jump out of their own little gene pool uh, into other little waiting pools. That makes sense. Yeah, that's why uh, the, the it states is, is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of different cultures, a lot of different beauty, beautiful things shared. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I so, think it, I think it's very important that yeah, yeah, yeah. I think everyone diversity. should move around and mate. <laughs> Just but not at the same time. I mean, it takes you gotta be stationary to mate. Yeah, so don't like do it in a car yeah. while driving. Yeah, over a long period of time. But yeah, <laughs> I think that's important. I think that's when you think about Brazil. Oh, there not you go. To get too far off topic. But <laughs> Brazil, those girls are oh my god, they're gorgeous. It is. It's, yeah. I mean, it's a haven. Yeah, We're and it's look at it, it's everything. It's, yeah, it's African, European, even Asian uh, at a point, right? Huh? Big, Asian, big. I believe there's a yeah. big Japanese. Yeah, um, culture or movement, I guess you could yeah. say, in Brazil as well, which is pretty yeah. interesting. So yeah. you come back to the Midwest. You're working with Dickel. You're working with Bullet. How much longer? What was the departure like? Because it sounds like you had a really long career with the Aja, working with many yeah. brands. Yeah. Well, I was, I was, I don't know how it was happening, but I was always getting in. Uh, I seemed like I was always in the line of fire stuff. Um, ah. There was an incident, I won't name the blogger, but <laughs> there was a... Don't tell me a blogger took you down. Well, a blogger. it's this guy, he had a, uh, he was having some an award, an online award thing. Sure. Right? Where you, Meaningful people, world people, of online awards. People, yeah, people could <laughs> vote for it. And anyways, I got... Uh, an email was passed to me. It was all very innocent. Sure. Actually, it really was. Uh, a brand manager for one of the brands uh, passed it on to uh, MKTG, which was the marketing company, yep, yeah. uh, that, hey, you know, hey, well, look, Diageo's whiskeys are up for uh, a number of different of these awards. Uh, uh, send this out to the Masters of Whiskey, have them send it out to their customers and people who might want to be interested in voting. Yeah. That's what we did. I, I got that email. I sent it out. Um, I got a call from a fellow in Scotland, or not a call, it was an email just saying, Marty, what's this all about? And I go, uh, oh, yeah, this guy's doing this uh, 
this award ceremony. Not exactly, you know, and I didn't, I wasn't, this was earlier on, this before I went to Ireland. Uh, I wasn't fully aware of just, you know, some of the animosity that Diageo had out there. Really? Uh, among some, among some. Yeah, sure. I mean, some of it I think was, uh, you know, it's good to flip off the big guy because yeah, yeah. that's cool. That shows you're it's a punk rebel. rock, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, uh, I just said, oh, yeah, 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 so he's not crazy about us, but, you know, what we say in Chicago, vote early and vote often. Right. And so, I, I there was a joke between me and him. Uh, well, that, that was all on email. Uh-huh. So, this email thread, somehow, this fellow in the UK contacts somebody in uh, uh, New York. They see what I wrote. Um, the blogger guy sees that there's a bunch of uh, a bunch of people voting from Diageo, which I think was that's probably within the rules. Yeah, yeah it's and online. There, there's no nothing on his site saying right. you can vote for your own brands. Yeah, well, that's um, what everybody does. Yeah, and so he he actually took it to the press in the UK. Um, really? Yeah. So there was a number of articles. And, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, it looked like some shit was hitting some fans. Yeah. Uh, so I get a phone call. I'm getting bitched out. Um, like, and I go, well, I couldn't have been the only one that that email was yeah. sent out to everybody and it told us to send it out to everybody. I don't get it. And I go, well, wait, wait, what is about this? Telling people to vote off and, you know, you know, you were really quoting a nice it. sentiment of the local vernacular. Hey, exactly, and I was it was it was a private message between right. me and this fellow who I knew over in the UK. Um, it wasn't I wasn't that wasn't the wasn't general a message. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, anyways, I got a lot of shit for that. I had all these people calling me up and bitching me out. So that's one of the reasons why when the offer from Ireland came, I said I'm taking it. Yeah, get out of here. Uh, I, I'm, just hope Ireland is as peaceful uh, as it uh, appears in my dreams. Right, and it was. It is. Married it's a over beautiful here. Place. Oh, uh, and and also just uh, Diageo over there was a different animal. Sure. Um, I mean, it had its own little faults in that it was a beer company over there, and spirits were secondary. Uh, they were not even secondary. Oh, they right. were like a, except for Smirnoff and Morgan Spice. Oh, jeez. Uh, they were, uh, you know, it might have been. A unicorn on your yeah. farm. So it was a good. It was a good thing you moved out there. Sounds like a nice, peaceful I know, it was. thing. A spirit. It was great. I, I still have tons of friends from then. Uh, from there, I, I thought I made. Uh, I did make a mark. Yeah. I was part of a me and just this other gal actually, Dawn Nelson. Uh, both uh, together basically uh, launched the Irish. Um, uh, the Irish branch of the Diageo World Class oh, wow. competition. Okay. Yeah, um, that was us. And not too long after I left, they stopped for a while. It was only recently until uh, um, Peter O'Connor, who was a master of whiskey after I left Diageo. Yeah, he was a master of whiskey here. He moved back to Ireland. They started up again. Uh, anyways, that we we so were you left that. a mark. That's got to feel pretty good. No, yeah, right? no, I did. I guess I don't know. You know. You one of the guys that are like, whatever, man. I just do what I do. Right. Yeah. And you know, it's it's you know, when you're driving down the road, 
Do you really notice if you've left a mark back there? That's true. I think I could have hit a guy. Yeah. I think I just killed a hitchhiker for for arousal, but I don't know. I'm just moving. And the other thing, I don't know. I don't know how you ever, uh, in this business, I don't know how you really ever gauge. I mean, someone like Charles Jolie. Yeah, wow. I think he can gauge. Yeah. Um, Ron Cooper, he can gauge. Talk about Mescal. Yeah, well, when you're a brand owner, that's right. That's, yeah. that's, I, I think you can gauge. That's pretty easy. <laughs> yeah, gauge that. I'm talking about when you don't have, you don't have one your own brand. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, I worked for Johnny Walker for roughly about 14 years. Wow. But, um, you know, how much, you know, how much credit should I take for that? Yeah, considering that's a good as point. A, uh, they were usually putting about 10 million dollars behind advertising. Yeah. So. No, that yeah, makes yeah. sense. Were you ready to move on ultimately to something else? Oh, uh, well, so uh, when I came back, I think when I came back, so I was back, uh, when I came back from Ireland, uh, I picked up my old job, where kind of where I left off. Two different things. One, it didn't seem like the routine had changed. You know, mm-hmm. just the whole annual routine of, okay, this is uh, days leading up to uh, St. Patty's Day, let's push the Bushmills. Okay, right. now let's... The days leading into uh, uh, Father's Day and uh, um, you know Kentucky Derby. Okay, let's push bullet for Kentucky Derby. Let's single malts for Father's Day. It, it just felt a little repetitive. Mm-hmm. Then again, I got I got uh, shit. Uh, yeah. Uh, What'd you do this time? I invited I invited a couple of friends who we were told to hang out with, yeah. associate with. But, I mean, they, they were friends of mine. I knew them. Um, uh, but they were uh, journalists. Oh. And we were out drinking one night, and we had just gotten approval to go see Stitzel Weller for the first time. Oh, this is wow, before yeah. it was, the, you know, the bullet yeah. experience and all this. Nobody had stepped foot in this place. Uh, and so we just got uh, this permission to go. And... Uh, um, I said, hey, you guys want to go? We're going on Friday. Would you like to come along? Oh, man. And uh, I said, yeah, you kidding? Sure. And I really, I mean, we were just standing around Hanging in the bar out, right? drinking. Yeah. So I just thought, come on, local bourbon lovers. And they knew Tom. Mm-hmm. So I thought Tom would probably give them the thumbs up. In fact, I called Tom. He said, oh, yeah, you kidding? Those guys, yeah, they're great. I checked with the local Diageo woman at Stitzeweller. She said, oh, yeah, you kidding? That'd be great. Um, and Mike Veach, it was the first time I met Mike Veach, and uh, Mike was going to take us through there and show us the old archives. Fascinating stuff. I mean, so, so it seems like a great deal. Everybody's oh on board. I got two friends. They want to come. But I think I see where this is going, but tell me uh, how it blew up in your face, Martin. This woman, <laughs> this woman who, uh, I think she's still with Diageo. She was in charge of PR, I guess. Uh-huh. So she, I think... I'm not quite sure if she, maybe I was on Facebook and she saw pictures that they were posting on Facebook oh, that they had no. taken, yeah. but they were posting on their Facebook page. Right. But still, and I'm sure they're like. I'm thinking, I think I was posting pictures of it on Facebook. Page. Right. So, and, and it's pictures of inside there. They're not reporting on it. Yeah. Um, but she, she had her undies in a bundle because, uh we brought journalists. In fact, I think, uh, um, oddly enough, uh, 
Steve Beal had called up uh, Fred Minnick. Oh, invited Fred yeah. too. Oh, geez. Was the first time I met Fred. Um, but that was yeah, he didn't even get approval for that. Right. I got approval. I thought I didn't know I had to call this woman at in New York. Oh, so, anyways, I had to I had to get bitched at three different times, and it really just kind of wore me out. It's like, are you kidding me? Are you, and why is it me? Yeah. Why me? Well, there you're, was, you're the whipping boy, apparently. Yeah, but I was with three other senior masters of whiskey yeah. at the time. Uh, so it's like, are you kidding me? Can yeah. we not? I, how come you're not yelling at them? Yeah. Why, what does it mean? Oh, because you organized the trip. I, yeah. Well, oh, uh, you want to, what, you want to bitch out my uh, travel agent too? <laughs> if that's the case. Um, anyways, a couple of months in. Uh, there was another event we did in Chicago, and my uh, my manager at the time calls me up, and he had more things to bitch about about that show. Yeah, thought, you know what? Most of that stuff you're bitching at me about, I had I had nothing to do with. Yeah, and I'm thinking, and it was that phone call. I just told him, you know what? I don't think this job is for me anymore. Uh, I don't know if you guys are trying to chase me out, but you succeeded. I'm yeah. done. That Shit. was it. He said, you want to think about it? You want to you know, sleep on it? I go, no. Done. And, you know, nobody called. Nobody tried to convince me not to. So I think I, I always kind of got a feeling that they, they just wanted me out anyways. And that um, is 14, 14 years worth or even more than that? That, uh, that was 14 years that I was there. Yeah, which kind of bums me out because all the people who were pissing me off, yeah, they weren't there when I started. Yeah. I thought, wow, you guys, you a bunch of Johnny-come-latelys. And some of them even left after, just after I left. So it, had I stuck it out, I thought. God, you could have waited through it. But, yeah, but then. But you look, never know, now, right? Now, five more years later, I would have been cut. <laughs> so it was different. <laughs> or running the joint. Who knows, no, right? Nah. No. Well, so then that that's, it, this lines up perfectly. Diageo is not an enemy. They just, they're a big guy. Right, mm-hmm. so they're one of the big ones, and I obviously, obviously, people want to critique them, and that's that's fine. That's what you're subject to when you're on that big of a scale. You get that much money. That is unfortunately one of the things that happens. People will point and they'll criticize. You have journalists writing about it, so they dissolved the program. The yeah. Masters of Whiskey. That's ultimately what it was, right? The Masters mm-hmm. of Whiskey program. The program, uh, that, along with the tequila guys too. Oh, the tequila right. ambassadors, I believe, were all cut. So. That was ultimately what you had given a lot of years towards, yeah. and Diageo cuts it. Well, and you notice, you, I, I don't know if everybody caught this, uh, though a lot of the articles, a lot of articles did mention it. It happened almost simultaneously with Evan Katnak, uh, his death. Oh, really? So he died. Um, I think the Masters of Whiskey were told maybe two days before but it was announced two days after uh, Evan's death. Wow. And, you know, uh, Gregor Katnak is Evan's son, mm-hmm. and he is he, he's part of the Masters of Whiskey, has been for uh, as long as I was full-time. I think he came, he came on uh, 2001, 2002, right yeah. in there. Uh, 2001, I'm guessing. Um and so, you know, he was out of a job. Wow. Um, it, it just seemed, and it didn't fool me. It didn't fool me, Diasho. I'm telling you right now. Um, what was it about? What was it? Why do you think that really happened? It was 
I think it was two things. And it's two things that don't get, well, one thing does get talked a lot about in this, uh, in this business, and it's money. Yeah, of Overhead. course. Yeah, Azure has had so many cuts over the years. Right. You know, there, uh, when I was in Dublin, you know, there was a cut. My, my position in Dublin was actually cut, but since I had a contract, I stayed on it for another six months. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So money, um, always money, right? That was, yeah. Uh, it's, but the other thing, I think, and this is, you know, this is based basically on my own experience now. I'm, I'm 53. You don't look 53, mind you. Thank you. It's the, the bourbon it's keeps you. Bourbon, <laughs> bourbon puts, leaves the pigment of brown in my hair. Um, but it's, um, uh, yeah, age. I think a lot of the Masters of Whiskey, some had been a few. Not that many were left from the original seven. Yeah. But that's just it. Most of the original seven were, uh, let's see. I think Steve Beale's the only one who retired. So they're all. Of the original seven. They don't want to pay retirement? You know, that the just, thing was. They, well, that's money, right? They paid. Back. They had a very good starting salary. Very good. Yeah. Um, kind of screwed the pooch for a lot of other brands when they were hiring brand ambassadors. Right. And, you know, people are coming up saying, well, wait a minute, these guys are starting Right, this, that's market, this, right, right? <laughs> and it's like, oh, oh yeah, well. Um, but the, so they, um, a lot of these guys had accumulated quite uh, uh, a, a good amount of money yeah. um, for a brand ambassador job. Sure. I mean, brand ambassadors are important. They're not really yeah. boxcar figure important. Right. Um, um, and especially with all the other costs that go with it, travel and right. T&E. And, uh, and then, you know, you top off, you, you add events, event costs. It's nuts. So um, the other thing, I mean, most of them were getting old. Yeah. Long in the tooth. You look at most brand ambassadors being hired now. Young. You know, they're they're young. Um they're at least uh late they're at least late twenties. Oldest, you know, usually you might see early to mid thirties. Yeah. You don't see anyone hiring me. Uh, I went out for a job once. Uh it was uh, for a single malt scotch. Mm-hmm. Went in for the interview. And uh, it's they have three distilleries. Okay. Uh, I had actually visited all three distilleries, even their third, rather obscure one. Right, right. I'd already been there. I said, you don't, you could save money and not even send me to Scotland because I've, I've been to all three. Right. I know all, all everything there is to know about those three distilleries. I ended up hiring uh, a girl in her about twenty-seven. Yeah. Never been to Scotland. Um, and who they end up firing about six, seven weeks later. Jesus. That's so much money to invest in somebody just to fire them six weeks later. And their their whole thing was, too, they, according to her, I ran into her, and she said uh, it was because they uh, they said she didn't have enough connections in the whiskey community in mm-hmm. Chicago. I was like, well, uh, You've okay. You've got decades of that, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me think. What is it? All right. I'm a... Middle age, I like to think of myself as stocky, <laughs> possibly portly. 
Sure. Um, buxom. 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 <laughs> buxom. Yeah. I am going to get in those too. Um, Ruben-esque. <laughs> uh, very Ruben-esque. Thank you. Uh, the, uh, and all those paintings. Yeah. Exactly. That's why. <laughs> That's right. They're like, all those there's naked a little paintings. too much of you out there, Martin. Mm-hmm. I've seen you without your shirt on far too much. So, uh, you know, it's funny because I go back and I think you talk about Gene Hackman and I think of Tommy Lee Jones and I think of No Country for Old, for old Men, yeah. like that last scene where he's just like... That's me. Dude, I, well, I mean... Imagine I'm me to... and that's a um, a whiskey in my hand. Yeah. That's Tommy Lee Jones playing Marty Duffy. <laughs> I don't know anymore. I don't know. Where just, are we going? There's no country for old man. Exactly. But that really is the, the way it feels. Yeah. Um, and I think with the Masters of Whiskey, I think a lot of them... I mean, you had a lot of guys in their 50s, some even in their early 60s. Yeah. Um, even, I mean, some of the youngers. I know they have a couple of, uh, a couple who are young. But, you know, if they wanted to keep all those guys, and I don't see why you wouldn't. Right. Um, you could have. So they had a new marketing company, right? So right. All the Masters of Whiskeys were with, MKTG, mm-hmm. which used to be U.S. Concepts, and now they have Inspira. Mm-hmm. It could very easily just said, "Okay, we're moving right. everybody over." Boom. Yeah. But no, and they had already started hiring these spirit specialists a year ago. Yeah, there was already a couple in Chicago. Uh, so when they put out this notice saying, you know, they're gonna, uh, they're going to, uh, uh, oh, uh, make. Uh, make it open so all these guys can apply for the job right first off they weren't gonna if they did get those jobs it'd be interesting to see if they're gonna get it at their old salary sure i I talked to a headhunter recently who said he's talked to a lot of those folks and that a lot of them were asking you know a starting price of 120 grand wow that's you didn't get you don't start yeah yeah. i don't know if not with a like yeah. external firm that's a lot of money yeah man. yeah yeah um do you, do you think that overall so and then we'll transition to kind of like this latest chapter with the in chicago indie spirits expo but is this gonna hurt diageo you think people are gonna really give a shit no yeah probably not they're too big to fail well the, the other thing too is that when you do all this marketing stuff i think i think some accounts you know might feel that but you know, I don't I don't see too many accounts saying oh well, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna carry Johnny Walker black anymore. right yeah it's not likely it's, too, it's you know it's still the best-selling whiskey in the world yeah or at least you know outside of India right right um so you know you're not gonna cut off your nose to spite your face yeah. for, for for a brand ambassador um I think and, you know, as we were saying, you know, Diageo already has uh, not the best reputation. And, again, too, I I, I don't know why they I, – I, I know saying that, oh, okay, you're cutting all these people loose because of high salaries mm-hmm. and, and because they're older. Right. Uh, that sounds bad, yeah. and I know – corporations have that reputation just being evil and stuff but you know it is business sure and i don't entirely fault them yeah um i think 
it's all what you're kind of going for. And the thing is, and what going back to your point, will it hurt them? Probably not, because if you go to any of these whiskey events now, if they're still doing a Johnny Walker mentor event with 150 people, well, they're targeting 25 to 35 year olds. Yeah. Chances are those 25 to 35 year olds haven't met these masters of whiskey. That's right. They don't. Uh, they haven't even entered the brand yet. Right. Yeah. Exactly. So they don't know. Yeah. They don't care, and they're gonna. They're gonna. Um, they'll be. They'll you know, land when, on their feet. When I when I quit, <laughs> you didn't see a. You didn't see a bunch of people throwing out their bottles of Bullet <laughs> or Johnny Walker or Bushmills. It was like no. It was like they bitch on Facebook for about five minutes, right. and then there right. you hey, go. it's a shame. Or they'll give you a. You know, they'll give you a. You know, he was the best. He was the best brand ambassador ever. Oh, but you know, this guy's pretty good too. Get to mention him. <laughs> So how does this all, it sounds like this lifetime of experience meeting people, learning characters, traveling around the world, how does this culminate into the Chicago independence spirit? Well, you know, it's, well. (laughs) Tell uh, me that wasn't a good setup. (laughs) It it culminates in the fact that when I quit Diageo, um, I really, you know what, I, uh, are you a Ricky Gervais fan? Love Ricky Gervais. In right. fact, your right. goatee matches this perfectly. Oh, thank you. Not oh, don't not David Brent. <laughs> no. Oh my God, I hate the, the David modern Brent. Ricky Gervais okay, actor. And yeah, a lot of times I watch the the old Office, yeah. the UK version, and think, oh my God, I've said stuff like that. <laughs> oh, oh, and I got oh no, and I have a goatee. Oh, I'm, I'm David Brent. <laughs> but even worse is that uh, in the the show the extras or extras yeah yeah yeah. all right so he quits his sitcom Mm -hmm. thinking don't you worry about me i'll have i'll have a new gig in no time right that's kind of what i thought you know after coming off the uh, great season well i just came uh i just came uh back from ireland yeah i spent two years over there and all this kind of international experience and and knowledge i came back i was you know Senior master whiskey title. Um, um, I thought, you know, what company is not yeah. going to snag me? Look at me. Yeah. Uh, no, there was very few knocking on my door. In fact, it took almost a year before uh, Bacardi came to me with, you know, Benedictine. Yeah, yeah. I go, it's not even a whiskey. <laughs> Where'd you go? And it was only because my, my former boss, who I quit to, at Diageo now was uh, working for the marketing company uh, for Benedictine. Interesting. And so I ran into him at Tales of the Cocktail and said, hey, you doing anything? Oh, no, not really. <laughs> you know, you got something? And then um, you're like, I'm not desperate, right? I'm not looking desperate. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, so right prior to that, right, uh, right before that, I had uh, uh, Dave Schmier and I, uh, Dave of Redemption Rye fame, um, he and I had uh, uh, have a history that goes back to the 90s mm-hmm. when he used to own a promotional company. I used to uh, be a promotional manager for uh, Absolute and mm. Seagram 7 promotions. And um, he, uh, he asked me if I'd come out to New York and help him just run his Indie Spirit Expo. I think he had been doing it for about four years mm-hmm. at that point. And I didn't, and I didn't even know what this was, uh, and I. But it was fun. He, he just took over this 
I think this nightclub was closing. Yeah. So he took it over uh, for a night, uh, ordered a bunch of tables that didn't arrive. They were supposed to arrive the day before. Didn't arrive until 15 minutes prior Always. to the doors opening, uh, which just kind of made it kind of, you know, slapdashed and but fun. Yeah. And I walked around and I just saw what all these folks were doing. Um, you know, all the all the crazy stuff they were making, um, but good. Yeah. You know, it was the first time I ever had honey vodka. I mean, right. real vodka made from honey. Yeah, vodka. yeah, yeah. Again, and it was a, a young couple out of New York. Little tiny distillery that didn't have distribution outside of New York, and I thought, wow, this is really great. Dave. It's like a legitimate thing, right? Yeah, yeah. And I thought, um, oh, and there was brands from you know other countries. And David started with uh, when he had a Orange V vodka, mm-hmm. and uh, he started with two other uh, brands, two other guys, uh, and they just took over a corner of a, this this nightclub. Um, and he built it. There was about, I think, 50, about 50 exhibitors at, right. this, uh, at this event. It was just great. It was trade, mostly trade coming in. Um, and I thought, you got to bring this to Chicago. Bring to Chicago, and I'll work with you on it. I'll do this. You know, I'll help promote it. Uh, we'll get bodies in there. And so we did it at uh, the Bottom Lounge in Chicago that, uh, that September. So that was May mm-hmm. in New York. Not even September. a full season's yeah. passed and you're doing it. We we brought it in. It was great. Yeah. Big, huge event. Um, we took over this entire two-story uh, bar, and there was it was tight. It was really tight. So next year, bring it to a bigger facility, and it got even bigger. Yeah. Um, like I said, I think we had s- between 50 and 60 at our Chicago event. Um, and now... This past week, we had 156. That's crazy. How many yeah. years? What? How many? Or what? what this was our sixth was year. Sixth year. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. So since 2010, you guys have been knocking this out. Yeah, and, and so I've been doing it all along. Even though when I was working with Bacardi, I still did this. Yeah, as kind of a side thing, especially with Benedictine. I love Benedictine. Yeah, they were. They had no budget to. I know why. <laughs> I even asked the brand manager about three or four months into. It, I said, well, I, I don't. Why did you guys hire me? I mean, it doesn't make sense. You get, you have no budget. You yeah. have no budget to send me anywhere. You know, I go to. They give you some stamps and some postcards. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. They send me to. I went to Tales of the Cocktail once, which was nice. And Ron Cooper and I did a, a seminar. Down oh, killer! There. Yeah, yeah, me and him, Eric Seed, uh, Father Bill Daly, uh, Derek Brown. Mm. Um, but, uh, and then, you know, Manhattan Cocktail Classic, but I didn't get the point. So, all right, you're, you're sending me, but what are we doing, are we doing? to build yeah. a brand? We're not, I'm, so I'm here at the event. Hey, everybody. Yeah. You want me to hold up a banner or something? I, I didn't get it. Not taking my shirt off again. Yeah. Not no, for this. Not again. But so, years of whiskey, six years of the Chicago Independent Spirits Expo. You had a stint with Benedictine. You're gonna to return to acting? Is that what was that? Is that the next step? If I was, I tell you, if I was independently wealthy, yeah, if sure. I won the lotto, I would go back and do theater, uh, just because. The problem with doing theater is not having any money. That's right. So, so if you had the money, passion, uh, pure yeah. passion. Play. I go back. It's just fun. Yeah, it is fun. Theater is fun. 
I don't know about film. I never did a little film I've done. I've tried to forget. Um, <laughs> but uh, but theater was always, it was just always, it's always a good time. Yeah. Um, you're, you're getting up on the stage and. What's bad about doing that? Doing something wacky or you're yeah. doing something really serious and people applaud. I mean, who doesn't love that? Yeah. Um, yeah, but as far as what my future is, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it's uh, going to try. I would like to work for another whiskey brand. Yeah. I would, but as I said, I don't think I don't think most whiskey folks, uh, the big guys, are interested in uh, in old timers like me, my no, guy. It's no country. No, it's no, it's for no country for old men. Or uh, there's plenty of love making, but no love. <laughs> that was uh, Charles Heston, Planet of the Apes. Thank you very much. That's great. I love, huge fan of him. Um, and Omega Man. I, that's an underrated. Omega love, Man. Love that that's movie. Yeah, that's a great, great movie. A lot of great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we could go to the film conversation, but. I'll put it this way, man. You've been insanely open and transparent. Really, really nice to talk to. Really cool to chat with on the phone, too. You know, I've talked to lots of people, and hardly any of them are as cordial as you have been. And oh, I can't wait. Westerner. That's That's right. And I can't wait to run into you. You're Thursday night, Whiskeys of the World, yeah? Yep, I'll be there. Good. I'll Me see you there, too, around. and we'll have to rub this old Forrester birthday bourbon 2016 in the Brown Foreman rep space because they always say they have it like hidden under a cloth. They never do. They're just lying. We'll actually bring oh, burgers. Right? How do you feel about it? Oh, it's good. It's tasty. That's all right. It's all right by me. Well, good. Martin, thanks so much for chatting, man. Thank you, Mike. This was fun. Likewise. Thank you. Let's do this daily. Yeah. Well, I'll run out of bourbon probably real soon. <laughs> That's right. This is the best. This is the best free drink I've had today. <laughs> well, there you have it. What do you guys think? Martin is a a kind guy. He's kind of a legend. He's an impressionist. He loves movies. It's really easy to talk to him and sip bourbon. And honestly, for someone that has such experience and such a wealth of knowledge about whiskey, he is not pretentious at all. He will sit and sip whatever's good with you and not judge you one bit. And he was with Diageo for a long time. And I think it's a really timely to release this interview. And it's not as a criticism of Diageo. I think we talk about it a bit here. But with the recent Disillusion Masters of Whiskey's programs with Diageo, it gives us a lot of thought and insight as to what the brand ambassador position will become. What does it look like in the future? Thanks, everybody, for listening to Show to V with Mike Chi. I hope you have a good time listening to these chats, but whichever whiskey you're thinking about filling your glass next or what you thought about this year's whiskeys of the world, please keep dancing. <laughs>